0: You know, it feels like our existence is within four walls and that the future that we had and the dreams and aspirations we had are kind of gone. They shouldn't be gone because this existence won't be forever and there is a future for everybody. So you kind of have to still dream and create vision and a pathway for yourself. And actually, this is a good time to do it.
1: Welcome to The Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador and entrepreneur. Each week I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, The Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today's guest is one of my personal favorite athletes ever, and I have wanted to record this episode since I first started this podcast. And today's interview marks the 100th interview on the Power Hour, so I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate than by interviewing this Wonder Woman. She is a double Olympic champion and one of the UK's most popular athletes. She is respected and recognized around the world as a role model and an inspiration. In addition to her athletic achievements, she was also awarded an MBE for services to the British Army. She recently launched a podcast, What Do I Do? Mental Health and Me, where she talks to TV personalities, writers, comedians, journalists about their own experiences and mental health. The last time I saw her was a few years ago at the start line of the Great South Run. Unfortunately, after the first 20 metres, I wasn't able to keep up. Welcome to the show, Dame Kelly Holmes. (laughs) Thank you very much. I remember that very well. Thank you so much for being on the show. Honestly, Kelly, I've been looking forward to this all week. And as I said, since I started this show almost two years ago, I wrote your name down on my hit list of thinking I'd love to have her as a guest on the show.
0: Oh, well, well done for
1: everything as well. Wow, it seemed like you're doing amazing. Thank you. I mean, have definitely been busy. And as I said, yeah, when I saw you at the Great South Run, that run was so windy. And I remember, as I said, you bounding away from me and just thinking, wow, did I really think I was going to be able to run alongside you for like 400 metres? Because there's no chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know
0: where it comes from because I hardly train these days for running. And suddenly, like, you know, I'm like this thing possessed bouncing along. So.
1: wow well where to begin you've achieved so much and it's hard to know where to start to be honest but something that I'd like to understand more about is mindset so I'm going to jump straight in there because you know personally I talk a lot about mindset and the importance of developing a growth mindset and focusing on self-improvement and looking for ways to remain optimistic and ambitious and positive so personally i encourage everyone to develop this kind of growth mindset because i think it underpins everything else in our lives our actions our behaviors everything so i guess for you have you always had a focused can-do attitude or was it something that you had to develop over time throughout your career
0: yeah, I think that from a very young age, I've always had this kind of inbuilt switch that switch on to, I'm going to try and give it everything. That's mainly for things that I know I'm good at. So running was one. Other things, I kind of, the switches down. But I think when there's something you're passionate about and you learn a lot about um, whatever it is you're trying to achieve, I think that gives you that sense of inner belief and confidence that some people unfortunately give up on too quickly and some people just fight through it and see where the end result is so i think for me i've always had it
1: you've always had it and i think yeah interestingly you say about people giving up because i think you know your story is the ultimate you know when it comes to, to perseverance but do you think for example growing up you know were the people who encouraged you to to yeah keep that kind of resilient mindset even as you, in, even when you were young and at school
0: um, so I wasn't academic at school at all. So actually, I felt like I was sort of definitely the one that was the odd one out. The, I sort of didn't really have an identity stuff. You know, when you're a young person and you're always kind of getting into trouble when you're sent outside the classroom, um, you know, it does knock on your confidence to feel like you can be good at anything. And then I had my PE teacher on the other hand. Whilst that was her job at school, her job wasn't to get me aside, look at me and say that hey, you need to butt your ideas up because, you know, you're good at something. And if you don't pursue it, you, you're going to give up on it. And I remember that because it's somebody that told me I could be good. Um, so she gave me, I think, that ability to believe in myself um, and then having the natural ability, the natural talent to run, obviously just enhanced that feeling inside me that, yeah, I'm going to go for it. Um, so I've, I think I had my PE teacher was probably my biggest, I suppose, back then you didn't call it mentors. But if you look at modern time, it would be more like mentor.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. A few, I've heard a few people describe their PE teachers who, you know, people who've then gone on to be professional athletes, professional sports people. And I think the influence that some one teacher's words or one teacher, as you say, believing in you, giving you that confidence as a young person can really, really change the trajectory of your entire life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that goes uh, forward in anyone's life. You know, sometimes it's one person that makes a real big impact and a real big, you know, that memory bank of somebody that said something, did something you saw achieve. You know, and if you can take that inside you, then you can always keep that in the back of your mind that it's possible because either somebody told you it was, somebody believed in you
1: absolutely and i think i recently spoke to someone on the podcast who has a running charity running organization and based in hackney and it's you know it offers amazing access and an opportunity to children who might not have the access to those things and actually i think running is Mm -hmm. such a great vehicle for a lot of those children because if they don't feel like they you know achieve in academia or they don't excel in a certain area of school for a lot of them if they've never had anyone, you know, encouraging or believing them before, having a process of training for a race or, you know, even just the achievement of actually winning a race. I think for some of them, it can, running is just such a powerful kind of universal thing that I think really has that impact on a lot of young people.
0: Yeah, well, it's accessible to anybody, isn't it? Running, for one. And actually the gains you get, you know, yes, physically it can be hard. Uh, mentally, it can be tough, you know, to go out for a run and, you know, you start the breathing goes and the legs are going, you know, the hill comes up. But um, essentially running just gives you that powerful tool to feel good about yourself. Essentially, you know, time to breathe to, and you see gains in running, I think, quite quickly. You know, I do a project called uh, Military Emotion at the moment, which I started doing lockdown. And it was just really to engage people into fitness. Maybe some that had never done it or some that had... Um, done a lot of fitness and use it as a tool to help themselves you know get through this time and also just from a physical and emotional and a mental point of view to feel so much better about being you Mm,
1: yeah that's really powerful and speaking as we mentioned a little bit about perseverance so I really want to talk to you you know you had a long career as a professional athlete and unfortunately you had a lot of injuries along the way and, you know, I, I, as I said, I've been a fan for a long time, but also researching and getting up to speed, you know, ahead of this interview, you know, I looked at the kind of trajectory and you won a silver medal in the Commonwealth Games in 94 and a bronze medal at Sydney in 2000, but you went on to win the double gold at Athens in 2004. So from 94 to 2004, you know, it took 10 years to achieve that, that double gold, but oh my gosh, what a way to do it. You know, that 800 meter race was incredible. The photo finish, like it was the, the comment. It just gave me goosebumps to watch, but also the 1500 then to come back and, you know, to win that, I think it has to be probably one of the most iconic and incredible wins in olympic history so for anyone listening who's like maybe if you haven't seen it you, you probably have but if you haven't then i would encourage you to go to youtube and check it out because it's just amazing the commentary on the last 200 meters of that 1500 race <laughs> even though i know you win and even though i've seen it so many times listening to him you're just like oh my gosh the power and the speed it's like you come round the bend i say 250 meters in you're kind of behind you know on the on the straight you come around the bend with so much power and then you this acceleration down the home straight it's literally just like there is no you are flying so yeah I mean that 10 year trajectory you know all that hard work all the injuries all the setbacks it paid off it it, the ultimate payoff it
0: really did yeah I mean (laughs) uh, you know when you describe it now because obviously I have uh, memories of it and I play it a lot to my corporate um people that I speak to and yeah you know so for those that don't know so yeah 94 was my first gold medal and then in between that and 2004 I'd won I don't know 13 14 international medals um but my dream was since 14 so in terms of longevity of having a dream is uh, you know it can come true is one thing I will say to people but you know you learn a lot about yourselves in those times so even though I won two gold medals at the end of my career I think the 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 knowledge and the learning and the setbacks and all the things that, if you give up on it, you never know what the outcome's gonna be. That was all part of that journey, I think, you know, and I believe in fate a lot. You know, when you've gone through so many ups and downs of roller coaster rides, there's two ways you can do things. You can literally give up on the ghost, or you just power through and hope that the future um, that you're hoping for is gonna be, you know, there and in, in written down in your journey. And I just kept to that. You know, I just kept to that pathway that that's that's what I believe my future Uphold. So when I actually won, especially the 800 metres, which was a complete shock, I mean, I have to admit, hence the eyes popping out <laughs> the head, um, <laughs> it was almost like. How has this come true now? Because I'd thought about it for so long, but I'd been so close. But yet so far, you know, a silver medal isn't a gold. A bronze medal isn't a silver, isn't a gold. Yet they're brilliant, but they're not the actual ultimate. And that could be a tenth of a second that splits you, which has happened to me in many races. tenth of a second can make the difference between the absolute everything you've ever wanted coming true and... It not, you know, Um, and so when I won the 800 by literally 0.05 of a second, I still won gold. But as that meant that thing inside you is like, I've actually done it. That was the hardest thing to compute. And then obviously I had six races in nine days with my dream being the 1500 metres. So I thought for the first time, I think in my whole career, everything was so meticulously planned Down to the nth degree, you know, nutrition, relaxation, ice baths, massage, preparation, psychological kind of um, enhancement in terms of visualization, everything to become the champion that I wanted to become. first year in seven years I didn't have injury you just have a a big sense of confidence back you know comes back to you and your self-esteem raises and it literally was like I was flying I had angel written on my shoulder tattooed on it because I felt literally like I was being pulled up I mean it's hard to explain but it
1: literally felt like I was being pulled up it's amazing it's (laughs) amazing to hear and as you know as I said that now even hearing you say that that confidence and that power you know you just said then all the kind of pieces come together so you know you've got that confidence because you're like I'm not injured I've just won this I've got the you know you you know that you've you've done all the things that you had to do as you said the nutrition the sleep you've done the work you've done it already I guess Mm. when you get to that stage if you hadn't and and we all know you know we're not Olympians and a lot of the runners that listen to this show but we all know those races that you're under trained for even if it's a 5k half marathon whatever and it is pain from the from the, from the first stride. you're <laughs> yeah. like you have not trained for this but i think you know in complete contrast to that that as i said that power when you come around the bend honestly i want people to go and watch it as soon as they finish listening to this episode because it is it's like you just got rocket fuel there's no there was no way by the time it gets to the last what like 30 meters there's no way that's it you know it was amazing honestly amazing to see and
0: well, i have to say you know because people will say to me I looked around at the top bend. I was looking around and everyone says, why were you looking around? I said, because I remember there was one athlete from the 800 metres that had got silver in that race. And the only athlete that I actually had any kind of visual attachment to was her. And she was behind me. Everyone else was like silhouettes. So when I decided to go, I was literally looking for her and I saw she was way off the back. So I just decided to go. But I actually think that If you actually look at times, it's probably the one that slows down the least rather than me going necessarily the fastest because I was running really even paced running. And this is something for runners generally, you know, because... You know, we've been in races and the adrenaline's there, you know, everything that you've trained for, suddenly it becomes a different beast when you come to a race, but it's not. It's the same. All you're doing is putting a race title. You're still putting your trainers on. You're still getting there. You're still getting to the start line. You're still starting your watch. You're still running. But we're through adrenaline we go off so fast and then you forget your pace judgment you know suddenly then uh, somebody comes in front of you it knocks your psyche it's all of those things but actually you know when I was competing in there it was almost like I'd been there hundreds of times before I had raced since I was 12 years old hundreds of races it was nothing different it was the enormity of it being Different, And I had to just compute in my head that actually, I know how to race, I know how to run. And I had to stay even paced running, so that I was most efficient in that race. And that's just through knowledge, I suppose, and, you know, a long career, but anyone can get to that point where they know how they run best. Mm. And don't adapt and change it when you get into a race, which a lot of people do.
1: Yeah, it, me, I just get excited that basically, <laughs> but also, yeah, I think, so- you know, we're talking now and we're talking about that, you know, and, and that is just a small, small part of your career. Right. And I'm sure if, it's almost that, you know, when you know the ending, as I said, you know, you're going to win. You know, the story has a happy ending. But before that, before you got to that stage, you know, there was ups and downs. And I think for people listening who maybe. You know, whatever their goal is, they're probably not an Olympian. Although I have had some young athlete Olympians on the show who I know listen, so uh, shout out <laughs> to them. But if you're not, you know, an Olympian, if you're not an athlete, if you're tr- working towards any goal in your life personal, professional I think perseverance is something that when people talk about it or They sometimes say, well, yeah, I've been going at that for a year or I've been trying that for three years and I'm still not where I want to be or it's still not, you know, getting getting traction. You know, am I actually should I just give up on it? But actually, you know, we talked then about a decade. What would you say in terms of, yeah, what does it really take to persevere? Because I'm sure there were times if you were injured or if other people potentially might have doubted that you could have gone on to achieve that goal. How do you carry on then when you don't know that that it's going to be a happy ending? Well, the, the thing is, with perseverance and with life generally, you have to be embedded
0: into that dream. You have to have the passion. It has to become you. It has to become something you want to do, you know, because to persevere is to go through a journey, no matter what that journey is, and to stick to that end goal and result, and not give up on it too easy when actually, you know, kind of that next one thing you did could have achieved everything you ever wanted, you know, and we all have points in our life where there's little barriers or things that aren't just going right and you have to take a look at those and go, is that a sign? Is that just telling you that you need to adapt your situation? You need to change something along the way that's going to give you back onto the pathway that you wanted? Because a lot of the times when we come to a brick wall or barrier or we feel like we're never progressing, we give up we give up because it seems too hard, but nobody that's achieved in life gave up. They just went through the hard bits. They just went through the journey. They broke through the brick wall. Or they jumped over the wall. They went around the outside, but they found a way to move forward. So it's about adaptation in your mindset and also kind of just reevaluating, looking at where you're going and what you have been doing, and not be afraid. To make minor changes and tweaks and not be fearful of making those changes or fearful of uh, what an outcome is going to be. Because the moment you're fearful of anything, again, you get frightened, you get scared, you, you then start to worry, you then start to lose confidence and self-belief and then you just got put yourself on a back foot. You just have to remember that you're on that journey for a reason, you're trying to get somewhere for a reason, you started it for a reason and how much do you want it is the answer to you.
1: Wow, hear it, hear it, listen to it, write it down, whatever you need to do. It's really, really powerful. And, you know, for anyone, if, if there are young athletes listening to this, they've had to change, they've had to adapt this year. You know, you mentioned about being able to adapt this year, if they were training to working towards the Olympics or anything else, you know, for them to not be able to train, to not also the, the, not knowing if the Games is even going to go ahead or, or what those conditions are going to be like. What would you say to, yeah, to those young athletes who are at the start of their journey to, to kind of keep motivated and, and to be able to adapt to what this year's thrown at them?
0: Do you know what, what? What message I would give is a quite frank one is that you're lucky. There's so many athletes out there that were going to go to this Olympic Games who now their career is over they're never going to get a chance to go to another Olympic Games because that four-year cycle or even a one-year cycle for them was too much. You know, this was their last chance, their last hope. And so actually, you get a chance to still do it. You get a chance to still compete. You get a chance to still uh, go for trying to get into a team and at least have a a future and a, a career in front of you. You know, it could be that... This year came along anyway. You were going to an Olympic Games or hoping to get in the team. You got injured and didn't go. You know, as sport, there's no guarantees. So you can only adapt to this situation. And unfortunately, you couldn't compete this year. And it is really disappointing, especially if that's everything you've wanted. And you know, I've got the thought of, Athens not of being there and my career being over, basically, would have been disastrous. However, as a young person going through sport, you've got so many other opportunities. You know, a lot of sports have Commonwealth Games, European champs, world champs, Olympics, their whole um, season. And yes, it's been completely (laughs) mashed up, ruined and, you know, whatever. But this is what's going to make you a better athlete than the ones that are worrying about the fact that it was moved, the fact that your year didn't go to plan. Those of you that go, okay, this is life. This is part of the cycle. I've got more time to prepare better. I've got more time to learn about myself. The things that weren't going quite right. I can make changes, adapt them, get my team behind me. It might be even better next year so you have to think positive otherwise you might as well give up But you're not going to give up so think positive
1: yes and even if you're not an athlete and you're someone for example an entrepreneur a business owner you know for anyone this year has not been what we planned you know no one could have predicted no. this would have gone this way and i think for you know i'm a parent i think for parents looking at their children's education thinking hang on they've kind of missed it feels like they've missed a year of school and you know so many things you know places i wanted to go or things i wanted to do and we've all had to kind of yeah give up give up certain things and change things so i think that same yeah. thing applies right see it as an op, you know be optimistic and see it as extra bonus time what can you do i guess to give yourself a longer runway or to do more research or more prep or whatever you whatever mm-hmm. use the time in some way
0: yeah i think you're right and that's what i tell people all the time is that you know adaption is key um and re evaluating, refocusing as being actually a strength to a lot of people, you know. We have to remember that some unfortunately you know it feels like our existence is within four walls and that the future that we had and the dreams and aspirations we had are kind of gone where they why should they shouldn't be gone because this existence won't be forever and there is a future for everybody if you stay healthy and you're fit and you're lucky so you kind of have to still dream and create vision and a pathway for yourself and actually this is a good time to do it you know to think more clearly around what you want to be who you want to be and and maybe there are major check of changes you want to adapt to now you know whatever industry you're in whatever situation you're in you know it gives you a chance to look at yourself and to just think well am I happy with where I was going or actually this has given me a good like wake-up call when I need to make those positive changes instead of dwelling on what happened in March, April, May, June you know this year has gone so damn fast and if you actually look at it a lot of us could have said oh gosh, I wish that, you know, if I'd known we were going to be in this position again in June, July, I would have done whatever. Well, don't think about it, <laughs> you know, kind of start to do it. And, you know, this time has made it really different. I literally, I'm on day 17 of having COVID. Um, and I, sh- I have struggled really badly over the last two weeks. I mean, literally like the second day that I've been able to do anything. And... um it makes you think about a lot of things, about what maybe could have happened, what uh, I am in control of. And I think people need to think like that. You know, what are you control in control of that you can make better for yourself? Mm. And do that because you can be out of control as well somewhere.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Kelly, but also really glad to hear that you're now, yeah, hopefully over the worst and on the mend and, yeah, wishing you well. Thank you. That's BlueNile.com. I mentioned at the start of this episode that you have your own podcast and that you, you know, in the past, you've talked publicly about your own battles with mental health. And it's such an important topic, unfortunately, one that I think, you know, people still continue to engage in and we're breaking down, you know, the stigma that used to be attached with speaking out about mental illness. So now more than ever before, you know, I've seen some really shocking stats this week coming out in in the media about mental health in the UK right now, specifically you know, post-COVID and the pandemic and people having to be isolated from one another. But often the advice that we see, you know, practical things, I think it kind of directs the attention to the individual. So things like going for a run or, you know, talk to a friend on the phone or, you know, self-care or going to the park for a walk, all these things that are kind of directed at the individual. But how much do you think that, yeah, can be done right now on an individual level. And how much do you think we need more support from potentially, you know, our communities and organisations to support people's mental health at the back end of this year?
0: Yeah, well, you're right. The stats of, um, you know, quite shocking, but inevitable, I think. Um, people have been put into environments and situations that clearly are not not good. They're not healthy. Um, And whatever that means to that person, you know, an environment that's not healthy to you is gonna have an effect on your mental health. I think that we all know, as you just said, you know, the the, well the two key things for helping your mental health is to be active and to communicate. That's all very well and good if you're in the mindset to be able to do it. And this is the thing of juggling. So how do you get people that actually need to be out more active out when you can't go and do it with them at the moment? You know, you're making them take responsibility to go out the door and actually do something for themselves. You can definitely um, call people, speak to people, Zoom people, so you could be proactive enough to interact with people that you think need a bit more support and vice versa, ask for that help. But um, I think organisations have a massive part to play. You know, uh, corporate entities are now seeing a big shift in their employees and how they're actually um, having to come to work and a lot of people are missing social interaction of course if they are locked at home Uh, but also that sense of kind of growth you know because some people you've got two camps at the moment and you've got those that are quite happy being at home, you know, slobbing out the just putting something nice up on top. And then, <laughs> right, oh yeah, I'm quite loving this. And there's others that are on their own, isolated, haven't got that social, that want to be out, want, need to get back in the office. So I think the corporates have a part to play, but they have a part to play on their overall well-being. So given advice and assistance on, um, uh, well being activities you can do, mindfulness, kind of giving them access to, you know, kind of you do all your things, you know, yogas, Pilates, classes, fitness, there's so much online at the moment, uh, but also around nutrition and then mental health awareness, you know, making that a proactive piece in their policy that actually they will support people through mental health issues. I have suffered, as you know, and maybe some of your listeners don't, either breakdown, depression. Self harm, I've gone through bad bereavements, um, you know, and when you are in a dark place, you are in a place that no one can actually get you out of at that time. It becomes almost like a self help process because you have to be able to breathe, you have to be able to somehow see a light. However, The only way you can do that is to know in the back of your head there's people there to listen to you. There's people that can support you. And there's a huge amount of charities out there now, mass charities that are on the end of the phone, end of a text message, that if you need support, you can reach out to get it. But the closest people around you, your friends, your family, your colleagues, there's always someone there to talk to. And I'd always advocate that you do, you know, swallow and pick up the phone or text someone and say, I just need your help or I need your
1: support. Mm. And they'll be there running. Mm, yeah I think it's really important for people to hear that because especially right now I think people almost make light of it you know oh yeah it's it's pandemic we're all stuck in we're all fed up we're all feeling down and depressed and they kind of lump it all together as kind of you know what I mean mm. like you, those words that kind of get thrown out when actually the reality is I think you could say that to someone on the phone and they kind of go oh yeah me too but I think the difference of saying to them no I, I really need support right now I'm really not coping well and I think sometimes as well acknowledging if there's someone else in your life who you think isn't coping well and you know, and just saying to them, actually, how are you doing? And do you need more support? Or do you need to take some time off work? Or do you need to make a change in your, you know, your routine? And, you know, something that, you know, we'll talk about with the morning routine. And I'm a big advocate of that. And, you know, the power hour, it's all about that the first hour, I've just written a whole book about it, because I really do think that it can just change everything everything in your day and your week in your life mm. but i think for people who've lost that sense of routine this year you know that getting up at a certain time you've got to have a shower you've got to get you maybe kids to school or go to work or having to commute when that's taken away and you can kind of you know some people if they haven't got certain deadlines or they can kind of just get up anytime, they might not even mm. get dressed it's like those kind of it's strange those habits and behaviors that you would do if you were depressed, i.e., not getting dressed, not seeing other people, not getting wanting to get up in the morning, open the curtains, doing those actions because you're not at work can actually do you know what I mean? It's like both chicken and egg. It's kind of it's, it's making yeah. you feel that way even more so. Definitely, I think having structure is absolutely key, and remembering
0: that structure and what made you feel good. Yeah, you know, I do think that people have gone through a journey through this period of time, in particular, of self learning and um, kind of understanding. And you're right, you know those habits of. Not getting out of bed, and you know, if you normally make your bed and you're not making your bed now, you know, those little simple things that actually you need to still go into a routine of what made when you were feeling quite good about yourself. Because we can all be kind of a little bit down about what's happening at the moment but it's not in our control but we can control our actions around how we deal with a lot of those things and people's eating habits at home as well you know I know through first part of lockdown I mean every time I went through my freezer I'm getting chocolate like literally out of habit just like you know picking nibbling it's like it's like oh you know you can it's like at the end of the day, you're just thinking I haven't stopped eating you know and Gin, I love gin. I've got a gin fridge, but I used to have gin on a, you know, a Saturday night or something. Then it was like, oh, I might well up on tonight. I mean, you know, I've got to drive. I'm going. Suddenly, I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute, this is not this is not good. Gotta have some control. But you know, but I do think you're right. With everybody has to have some structure, whether that's written down, whether that's still a timetable or a plan. If if you don't have your normal routines of, of of meetings that you go to and travel to, so you've got extra time, put something in there, put something in for you or something that you keep thinking you're leaving, you should have done. Um, you know, Because again, our life was, I feel like actually it's helped us pause a little bit this period of time. If you take a positive out of it, it's maybe pause a little bit because I was and like a lot of people, traveling around everywhere, you know, I'd go on, I'd be on a train, I'd be in a car, for me, I'd be in a plane, you know, and then I'd go leave home early in the morning, I'd get home late at night, I'd have a bag, I'd just unpack what I wanted, but that bag would stay and I'd repack a new bag, you know, and then by the end of the week, I've got five bags because I haven't been bothered to do the others, haven't had time, you know, grabbing food. I feel like it's given us a little bit of pause. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been at I've never been at home as long as I've been at home, and I've been living here 14 years. <laughs> suddenly, although then I see, think, oh God, that needs doing. That needs doing. It's still on my list. I have to say, but I have a list, <laughs> you know. So just having something that feels a little bit back to who you were, I think, it's important. Mm,
1: absolutely, yeah. I'm nodding along because I'm similar to you, Kelly, in that sense that before lockdown or before, just reflecting back, even on the last few years of my work and even my, um, you know, hobby and running and all of that it's just I've been so lucky really that you know I've had opportunities to go to these places and travel and yeah do different jobs meet Mm. different people so of course the the also I'm an extrovert so I love to be around people if I can be around people I'm gonna say yes so for me that's been a real challenge actually is as an extroverted person to not be able to be in the room with people because you can be on the phone or you can be on a screen but for me it's not the same I get my energy from people so I think for extroverts it is really difficult but yeah having that time to pause actually takes me perfectly onto my next question which was about you know it hasn't all been bad right so there has been a lot of struggle and 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 challenges this year undoubtedly but I think have the yeah, what have the highlights of 2020 been for you?
0: Um yeah, I mean there have been some. <laughs> I'll go for the bads first. I got to an age that I really didn't want to get to, and I hate aging, and I had a big one, and it doesn't count because it's in 2020. It doesn't count, right? So that was my first disappointment <laughs> around 2020, 2020. I'm not gonna say the Age I can work it out. Um and then <laughs> and then um What happened then? And then I lost one of my alpacas. So I have I have six alpacas I've had for tw- uh, 11 years, and during lockdown, I thought, Oh, what can I do that's positive to other people? So every morning, I'd go out and I would film me feeding them or them running, or they come in the garden, and it became just a regular habit that people watching them. Anyway, I lost one of them suddenly during lockdown, so that was all disappointment. I will get on to the good things, <laughs> but then I had an operation of my Achilles and my heel bone so that obviously put me out. Then I got COVID, so it's not been the best year for me however saying all of that which sounds very negative I've actually built um you know my military motion program with like I said a community of people that are now kind of doing challenges and events and things that are taking their mindset to another level both personally emotionally and uh, mentally pushing these people who some have never trained before in their life ever and some are like really into their training bringing them together to prove that actually is about people with the same kind of outlook in life that they just want to be the best version of themselves has been something I'm so proud of and it's just so nice to be involved with a community of people that are so supportive of others you know and then I launched a um, uh, employee lifestyle and fitness app during lockdown from first PLC you know I've kind of you know kind of been developing lots of concepts and things that I would never probably have had time to you know so actually and I've met through this process, so many people, you know, and because of even the community i built, every time I've had these blips in my life, you know, they're sending me all these flowers and chocolates, and I just feel like, wow, I've never ever have had the time to get to know people from around the country on a real personal level Even just through Zoom, if I'd never done, if we'd never had lockdown, because I wouldn't have done this. I just decided to do the fitness thing because I'm, you know, I've always been into my fitness, Mm. qualified PT. And I thought, well, why not do some stuff then? And I'd never done it live before. Now that's all I do. I do a lot of it. And I feel privileged to have met so many great people who are so supportive to each other as a community. Mm. So actually, I feel there's real highs from this period as well
1: yeah absolutely and it can be on any scale right even the small things i had a um scientist on the podcast a few months ago called marta zaraska and she talked about the the real impacts on our health both physically and psychologically on social isolation and it started off sounded pretty bleak because she was basically saying how terrible it is for us to be in isolation we're not supposed to be away from other humans you know we thrive in community mm-hmm. and but actually what she said was that even the small interactions so for example talking to your neighbors when you put the bin out or um, maybe speaking to the the coffee barista, or like asking people about how is your day. Or she said even those small interactions really impact everything from our blood pressure to our mood to our just our outlook and our and our ability to be more optimistic so i think even on a small scale if you yeah if it's like reaching out and calling your grandma more often or like i said speaking to your next-door neighbor or the person delivering you know the postman i i as you said you know never been at home so much i used to just get the red slip through the door saying you missed the delivery now i mm-hmm. chat to my postman twice three times a week and it's you know it's really great those small interactions are really 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 important for for us as communities, but also as human beings.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think um, maybe if people reflect on that and actually think about how those little things have actually changed from what they did before, they would think of it as a positive. Because I think it is that people have to start looking at where they can grab those little bits of stardust from, and that actually they're quite happy with during mm. this time, instead of only the negative effects that is having on you. And then, you know we're all in very different circumstances so you can never talk a blanket we should all do this and we could feel like this because there's no way that's going to hit the boxes for so many people but i think as an individual um you do have the ability to go out and exercise that hasn't stopped you know that's still a piece so as you said You could pass somebody. You're likely to more say hello to that person that you passed now than you did before because you want to have a communication. You can still go to your local supermarkets and maybe you might be a bit more friendly, might talk to the cashier a little bit more who their job's mundane, let's face it. They're just seeing these people coming through. If no one talks to them, how do they feel? They might see these people, but they're almost like just this robot. Speaking to that person at the till gives them a better... Uh, part of the day so maybe yourself as an individual can look at all the aspects throughout your week your day your week your month where have you got that chance to to say hi or to speak to somebody or like you say make more effort to sweep somebody on the phone that you wouldn't normally speak to so often. I remember through the first lockdown, I mean, I never seen my friend, my family as much as I did because we were doing Zoom every Friday night just to keep occupied. And I'm just thinking, geez, I haven't seen you lot for ages, you know. Suddenly <laughs> like there are all those there. And it was just weird how you connect in a different way because we want that as human beings. Mm. So just find those tools and those ways that you can do little things that help yourself. And actually, for those that are feeling alone... There's a lot of online groups, you know, I know not everybody's online and I feel more sorry for the older people I be- that don't have this connection in this world. But those that do have that chance, there are so many free online courses, free online groups, discussions that just being there with someone of an interest that maybe you had that never you never taken up before maybe have a look at that and give yourself a chance to interact with people because you don't have to actually show yourself you know most of the webinars that you just listen to and so you're learning a lot through that as well
1: yeah absolutely i couldn't agree with you more kelly it's inspiring me actually to think about yeah getting outside of my usual as well kind of my usual yeah, yeah conversation and, and network and think actually i could go one step further and also to be in service of others right so to reach out and do something that other people can engage with too So I'd love to talk to you about the power hour. I've touched on it already. You know, for me, it's the first hour of every day, you know, setting the tone for your day, doing something for yourself, reclaiming a bit of your time before the, you know, if we, the busyness of the world and emails, WhatsApp, Zoom calls, whatever you've got (laughs) going on. So I'd love to know what the first hour of your day is usually like, anything that you avoid, anything that you include and how it sets you up for the day ahead.
0: Yep. So, uh, My normal would be definitely doing my fitness in the morning. I like to do that. I like to wake up and do some exercise. And I feel like sometimes that's a better way of me coping through the day, just because if that day's been really busy, then by the end of the day, I'm just like, oh, I can't be bothered. Um, So I like to kind of do that. I always have, so when I wake up in the morning, I always have my hot lemon and water, I have a turmeric tea and then go and have, uh, go and do whatever exercise I'm going to do. I'm fortunate I have a gym at home, so that helps, obviously. Um, And then I'm normally kind of just potting around at the moment, the house, tidying up, putting things away. But it just makes me feel ready for the day. I'm not just jumping straight onto my emails.
1: Are you an early riser? I should have asked you what time. Are you an early riser?
0: Yeah, well, up until COVID, yes, half past six normally, (laughs) half six, you know, and I go and see the boys, the alpacas, go and feed them. Um, Yeah, and that's sort of my first hour, really, is just waking up and getting waked up, you know, waking myself up
1: yeah movement kind of just moving yeah yeah that's why and you look so good have... people who can't see because they're just listening you know you're saying about celebrating the birthday so we don't have to talk about that no but you no. look incredible so if getting up early you... and working out and having your you know hot water and the lemon and the two people listening they yeah. kind of go oh, okay yeah it's like you need to lean in and listen because you look incredible God
0: <laughs> oh, bless you no, i tell you something else i do though i mean you say about your power hour and your beginning which is brilliant i also have a bit I call it me time. And so every night, no matter what time it is, literally no matter what, I'll always have hot bath, bubbles, candles and music. And I just literally find that. And I put it on my social media, on Instagram. Um, every night I put gotcha. the bath time with a bit and I choose a song and I just, and it's become like a, literally a ritual now. I have to do it and I also have to share it. But um, it, for me, that gives me a sense of me because a lot of the time, you know, I don't know about you and a lot of people here, you'll have on your phone emails social media you know kind of text messaging from one bit you know i mean, whatsapp groups all over you're stuck on your phone or the or the computer so much now because we're enforced almost but more than just that it's like when do we're normally doing that for other people you know what i mean we're we're doing something generally for other people you know whether you've got families so you're doing it for your children or you know, the house is getting sorted out or whatever. But I find if people can find me time doing something that they don't normally find time to do in their day, whether that's reading, you know, going for that walk, stretching, and me, I go in my bath, find that time is only for you. And it's non-negotiable. If you get a part of that in your life, it's just it's you, it's, it's value time. And that for me is non-negotiable. I will do that no matter what. And I think
1: that's important. Honestly, I'm nodding along, Kelly, because you are speaking my language. As I said, I've written a whole book about this and non-negotiable is something that comes up again and again, because I say that, especially to women, I say to them, it's not selfish to take one hour. And as you said, either go in the bath or do your walk or people sometimes think, oh, it's a luxury, it's self-indulgent. It's not, it's necessary, no. absolutely necessary. So that non-negotiable is honestly, it's in capital letters. So yeah, I really Kids. hope people, people take that and know that it's, it's essential.
0: It really is. I mean, we live our life. You live your life. Yes, you might have people in your life that essentially you're living for and with, but you have your own life that is not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. Okay, who knows what's going to happen the next day, the next year? You can't think like that. So you have to. Why? Why don't why can't we live our life having something for us? You know, people think that might sound selfish to other people, but I live my life. You know, I've got to wake up the next day. I've got to go to work. I've got to put a smile in my face. I've got to do that as well, you know, so as well as other people have to do it around me and me help other people do it. But I've got to live my life. And it's not selfish to think like that, you know, because if you don't, you'll regret everything forever.
1: Absolutely. Wow. Wow. That was powerful for me. I was like, I have got to live my life it's so simple but so so powerful and my closing question kelly which i ask to every single guest on the show because it is all about time and the importance of it is about having an extra hour so if i was giving you the gift of one extra hour every day people tell me oh i'd love to do that if i had more time so you now have 25 hours a day what are you going to use that one extra hour to do Oh my gosh, that's a good question. Because <laughs> oh, everyone geez. says it, right? They go, "Oh, do that, baby but I don't have time. <laughs> I
0: know. Oh my god, don't say that because I'll be another hour of Netflix. I never knew about Netflix before bloody lockdown. Another <laughs> like, hour, freaking no. <laughs> Oh gosh, no. Another I mean, hour in I the bath. Ever... Yeah, another hour in the bath. Yeah, there you go. Another hour in the bath. I think we all need more time. You know, I think if you're driven motivated, which there'll be a lot of people on here that are. If you're a driven, motivated individual, there's never enough time because you want to keep going, keep learning. I'd love more hours and more of me to keep learning more, to keep doing more, to keep thriving more, to keep growing more
1: so yeah keep giving me the extra hours because i'll yes. take them yes keep on keeping on i love that thank you so much kelly this has made my day and yeah i hope that everyone listening <laughs> I've, got, I've got a big smile on my face i hope that everyone listening is feeling uplifted feeling empowered and yeah whatever this year is thrown at them knowing that, that yeah they can take joy in the small things they can take time for themselves they can create a power hour and yeah i really really enjoyed having you on the show i hope if people like the episode they can rate review on itunes let us know on on instagram on twitter share it let us know and thank you again kelly it's made my day 100 episodes of the power hour hey well done (laughs) thank you awesome thanks so much